0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into episode two of Feature. Did you know, Jessica Cooney, that last week was the biggest week for downloads in the history of the Sooner Sports Podcast?
2: Hey, let's go.
1: Let's keep it rolling. Last week, we focused on Rodney Anderson. If you missed any of it, it's available in our archives right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And for those that didn't catch our first episode again, Featured is kind of our way of taking... Can I say hours? Hours worth of interviews and footage? Well, not necessarily. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> hours worth of interviews that, unfortunately, Jess has given five minutes for her TV feature. Yeah. And so we thought, and we've talked about this for years, let's do a podcast with it. And I think we sprinkled a couple of them in last year. But uh we're going all in here in 2018 and into 2019. And this after- week's
2: interviews were about 50 minutes that I had to get down to.
1: Well, you talked to Benny Wiley. Yes. Who might be the best talker on the staff.
2: And uh, he doesn't even like to do it.
1: Are you serious?
2: No, he likes to talk about his guys. But okay. he... He was telling me how he prefers to stay out of the spotlight. Really? But the way you get him to talk is if you're asking him about players specifically.
1: Okay, lesson learned there because yeah. I haven't had a chance to interview him yet. And then number two, Great. he might not like it. He's going to be forced into the yeah. spotlight. But our focus this week is on Marquise Brown. And, Jess, I, I, I'd like to kick every single one of these episodes off with kind of the same question. um, what What drew you – to want to tell Marquise Brown's story? What was it that attracted you to his story?
2: Well, I think the biggest thing going into it was that, I mean, I think a lot of people um, kind of heard about his story, his journey here uh, last season. But, you know, going into last year, there were a lot of stars on this team, right? In Baker Mayfield. um, you know, Mark Andrews, you, Stephen Parker, Oboe. But like this year going into it, it seemed like every person that you ask, at meet the Sooners Day, wherever it may be. Who's your favorite player? Hollywood, Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood, right? <laughs> the grill. So I kind of wanted to just, you know, give fans an opportunity to get to know him a little bit more, but then also going into it, Expected to have a huge year, right? And going into the season, he's projected as one of the top wide receivers in the country. Yep. He's uh, had a big offseason, which we're going to talk about later. So I think that was kind of one of the big things is kind of wanting to get to him early because of the work he's done in the offseason.
1: I like that idea. Let's get to him early because there's a really good chance he is going to be in high demand as time <laughs> rolls on. All right. So if you haven't caught the feature yet, we try to time this a couple of hours after the feature drops. So Soonersports.tv slash uh, oh, I'm sorry, just TV is where you can yes. check it out. And it's right there on the front page. So let's get into it. Who all did you talk to? You talked, uh, Benny Wiley, obviously, you mentioned that, but who else outside of Marquise Brown did you get a chance to chat with?
2: Yeah, when you talk to Marquise Brown about kind of where he's at right now, he gives a lot of credit to Benny Wiley so Benny was one that was very um, crucial for me to include also wanted to get coach Simmons Dennis Simmons because that's his position coach he recruited him he knows a lot about his story so thought it was kind of vital for them to help tell his story and you know I think for me when I get into futures and whether no matter the sport I always think it's interesting how did you get into the sport? You know, I, I and it's always different for every person. So I, that's kind of, you know, my way to break the ice a little bit when you start it. But it's also you never know, like, kind of what story you might get out of that. And so for um, Marquis, how did you get into football? And he got a Halloween costume of the Miami Dolphins when he was four years old. And he wore it, like, every day. Wow. And then um, finally, he, um, you know, when he was old enough to go out for football, he did. And he never looked back.
1: You said a Dolphins jersey. What I'm trying to think if it's from his age. It couldn't be Mark Clayton or, like, Mark Duper, any of the great receivers they had, because he's too young probably for them. It's just a Dolphins jersey, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, he just, you know, got got into it that way. And then once he started playing, you know, um, loved it. And he was a uh, running back at first because, I mean, we'll, like, like we'll talk about, <laughs> he's always been the fastest kid on the team. But then as uh, kids kind of started to grow, um, you know, he um, – He's always been he's always been the fastest. He's always right. been one of the smallest. So they moved him to wide receiver, and um, you know he was really good. And he was on uh, played on a really good prep team, and um, you know had some success, but his grades kind of prevented him from getting recruited. He didn't meet NCAA Clearinghouse and, um, you know, actually had to miss a, an entire season of football because of grades. And it was kind of a wake up call for him. Um, you know, he knew that, um, from then on out, he was going to have to take care of business, but unfortunately it was kind of too late. And so he missed out on the recruiting trail, um, getting out of high school. He had some looks, some people had uh, offered him to walk on, but for him, you know, he felt felt like, all right, I'm going to go. the JUCO route and see how that goes
3: I I didn't really have nobody to like walk me through like the NCAA clearinghouse and all that so once you know I found out about all that and I got my I took my ACT so late that you know any school that was like recruiting me it was like too late to go so they offered you know to walk on but I decided to go to junior college and, and it paid off
4: Uh, His uh, junior college coach actually reached out to us through text and was like, hey, uh, I got a kid that's special. Uh, You might need to come out and check him out. So Drew and I pulled up the video, and it was was very evident that he was fast. So then, you know, I replied back to the coach, and communication started. And uh, then just started talking to Marquise. Uh, As you well know, he's kind of a a soft spoken quiet guy so it was like pulling teeth to get things out of him to talk to him but you know once I I went out there and got a chance to see him and watch him practice I mean our relationship just kind of grew from there.
1: So he didn't really get the opportunity to get recruited out of high school. But it's almost as if, as if after he wowed in JUCO, he got that opportunity to get recruited, didn't he?
2: Yeah, I mean, you you hear a lot of time coaches talk about you know when you can um, run as fast as he does, you're going to get looks, and he did. He had you know a big year in junior college and had some offers from some big time programs. One of the guys that he kind of grew up watching was Tavon Austin. West Virginia came calling, and that was you know one of the schools on his list. But he he talks about how he came here and fell in love, and immediately knew that this was the place he wanted to be. He Had heard about Oklahoma growing up his whole life, so he knew he wanted to be here. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, definitely his speed that caught a lot of people's attention. And, and like we talked about, he's always been fast. You know, going back to when he was 10 years old, he got the nickname Jet. <laughs> and so, you know, you hear, um, you see on his uh t- on his Instagram. And I think it's his Twitter handle too. It's like primetime jet. Um, so he got that nickname when he was 10 years old and he was just running by everybody. If he had a hole, he was gone. Nobody was catching him. Kind of like what you still see today. I feel like it's, it still hasn't changed much. So, um, you know, I think that's one thing that, yeah, it's the first thing you notice. Um, it's the first thing you recognize. Um, and it's a, it's definitely what caught some people's attention, but I think what's different he has a different kind of speed as you'll hear from uh, coach simmons and coach wiley
4: i think for us uh, his speed uh, i mean we were doing some things uh you know one-on-ones and all of that stuff during spring ball and i mean the, the db had leverage on him there was no way he should have gotten inside of him and i mean when he came off the line it was just like a blur uh, getting inside to, to on, a, on a goal line slant and i was just like wow he is fast.
5: His speed is effortless. I'll say that. Um, I've had some really fast guys. Uh, even I mean, even going back to Deion Sanders, who was one of the fastest human beings that I've ever seen live. Uh, those guys in that level and those in, in that range, it's just effortless. I mean, their speed is effortless. There is no. I've almost never seen him run at top speed because I think he's always going. There's always something else. And those guys are all the same. They're all wired the same they always have another gear. Always. I mean, you can see them run as fat. I promise you, they're something else.
1: Wow. that's wow. You compare someone to Deion Sanders? I know for maybe a younger generation, they know Deion is the media guy. I grew up when Deion Sanders was the greatest athlete in sports, and he and Bo Jackson. And to put someone in that category of speed, Jess, elite. That's the war The just absolute elite speed, right?
2: Yeah, and Benny's been able to work with some elite athletes. You know, some of those guys like that that, you know, he has a lot to compare to. I, I asked him. Um, both him and Coach Simmons, that question. And, um, you know, Simmons said definitely he's up there. The, the and fa- he's worked with some fast guys, too. And he's he's definitely in that group. He said, I'm not ready to call him the fastest yet. Right. He might get there. He might be there at, at some point. But, you know, it, yeah, that that was kind of one of the biggest things I took away from the interview with, with Coach Wiley is, um, you know, the, the fact that he put him in that group and how it's effortless and you never really feel like he's actually at his top speed.
1: Uh, it's funny because we, we just taped Coach's Corner and Teddy, in layman's terms, was breaking down a play in which, the no, the touchdown. The touchdown from Kyler to Marquise Brown. And you see that elite speed. But yet it's always kind of interesting because usually when you have that kind of speed, they'll find something wrong with you. And for Marquise Brown, he's always been told you're too small. But he, he fights back against that, doesn't he?
2: He always has. Like, that's the thing. I mean, he's always been the fastest and he's always been the smallest, like we talked about. And he's heard it his whole life. And, you know, Coach Simmons talks about how you can either buy into that or you can use it as fuel. And that is what Marquise has done. He's used it as fuel. And, you know, he he combats that, you know, because, yeah, I mean, you can be fast, but you – you can't just rely on your speed. And that's one thing that, you know, Coach Simmons has really, really, you know, harped on with, with Marquise from day one is you can't just rest on your speed. And Marquise has been aware of that his whole life because he's had to, um, you know, he's had to make up for that. And so he, he busts his tail. And that's one thing, yeah, his speed might be what gets him recognized, but what really kind of won him over with this football team last spring was his work ethic. And that goes into, you know, his what you saw kind of develop um, later on in the season, his um, chemistry with Baker Mayfield that went back to when he first got on campus, and it was um, you know he would stay after stay after practice and work with Baker and Baker and Marquise talks a lot about how Baker really challenged him from the second he stepped on campus. Yeah, you're fast. Let me see it. Let me see what else you can do besides run really fast. And so they would stay after practice, and that's what Coach Simmons said. It wasn't Marquise's speed that one over Baker it was his work ethic which goes back to again him knowing he has to work hard because his whole life he's been fueled by being told he's too small.
5: I've had some great like wide receivers that were told they were too small and those guys are all wired the same way you can't tell him that he's not six 200 pounds and I mean that's how he plays he plays with that mentality Um, and I mean, that gives you that fight that gives you that, um, scrappiness that gives you that, um, that like intangible, that it, that everybody talks about, like, how does he, well, I mean, he's, he's a little irritated. I'll say every time he steps on the field, you know, he has a chip on his shoulder every time he steps on the field and that allows him to play, uh, at such a high level and play even bigger than he is, uh, with just the size.
2: He talked a lot about kind of his whole life. He's too small or too little. (laughs) What does it take for a guy that's always been too small too little to get to where he is today?
4: This mentality. I mean, you can either buy into that or you can use it as fuel to help you get to where you want to go. And, I mean, trust me, (laughs) you're you're in the media. So, I mean, this is no surprise to you. I mean, we heard it all when, when he got here. He's 146. I mean, what are they doing? What are they thinking? And, you know. The, the good part for us is we got the, a chance to know the 146 before he got here, so we knew what
3: he was capable of doing. Yeah, like I refuse to think about it. Like I just watch. I watch film. I watch guys of my size, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he can do it. And then so can I.
2: Who were some of the people that you've kind of looked at and modeled your game after?
3: Uh, Antonio Brown, uh, Tyreek Hill, Tavon Austin. You know, I watched those guys growing up, and I was just like, oh, yeah. They can do it. I can do it.
1: So obviously, he's got part of that Baker personality in him, too, if you will. And maybe even a little bit more. Because Baker had the, the dinosaur walk and the the towel, the flag plant. A little bit different from Marquise. There's the gold teeth. I don't know. Did the kids still say swag or do I sound yeah, old when I say that? Yeah, I think I swag, okay. yeah. But he's got a pretty cool aura about him i guess is a good way to put it
2: yeah but what that aura that you see on the football field is not at all what you see off of it very true i mean that's the thing is yeah i think you um i think everybody you watch him play on saturdays and he has this big personality he flashes that gold grin and he does his touchdown celebration which i asked him by the way what he calls that and he said it doesn't have a name so maybe we should have toby um, come up with a name maybe sometime because it does not have a name he does not have uh he didn't know what to call it so i feel like we should maybe name it um because you know with blake Bell, going back to blake bell he had the choo-choo right the choo-choo right right so um i feel like that should get a name but anyways going back to it, it is kind of flashy it seems flashy on the field um but it's not at all like the thing is we you know we had him in here on spotlight this week and he is he's a soft spoken guy and that's what coach simmons talked about you know earlier when he when he got him on the phone he's a soft spoken guy and it was like pulling teeth when you first get to know him uh, to really get him to open up but when he does he he does he he trusts in you he'll he'll come out of his shell a little bit but he's still not at all what you see on the field on Saturdays, off of it, he, he is. And it's so funny that, you know, I think a lot of people maybe make that assumption. Benny Wiley also made that assumption.
5: To, to be honest, you know, like I've watched, of course, with Coach Riley and Coach Ruff and all the guys, Coach Simmons, all those guys, uh, Bill. I mean, this has been my team for, you know, for the last couple of years. So I've watched the games, every game, like I'm tuned in, I'm watching. And so I see this like Hollywood Brown. I thought, oh, geez, and you, you know, you hear all the stuff you know he's got the gold teeth you know he's Hollywood he's flashy so I'm expecting this you know I, I don't know I just and so like I meet him for the first time and he's yes sir yes sir yes coach yes sir and I thought hmm this is not the guy I anticipated you know I mean so I would, the the first like impression was that this is a humble 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 like young man
1: You know, Jess, it's kind of amazing. We sit here and we get a chance to talk about all these great parts of the future that don't end up making the air but are still great. But there's also a lot that obviously still is in the future, and part of it is uh, hard times that he had to go through. You know, His strength and conditioning coach, director of sports performance now, uh, Benny Wiley, they went through hard times, and it's part of not only what shapes him, but what has made them both the incredible athletes and trainers that they are today right
2: I had to leave a teaser right, right. I mean, I mean so we can't just give it all away here you know come on the podcast you have to do both okay <laughs> so if you watch the feature you're going to hear some stuff on the podcast that you didn't get to see on the feature but if you listen to the podcast you got to go watch the feature that's because right, there's going to be please. stuff on the feature that's not in the podcast look I'm strategic about this I like okay? it. it's I'm strategic. but you know that's one of the big parts of the feature is kind of talking about how when he went to Juco he had to get a job he he had to you know make things work he had to make ends meet and he had to pay for things and um didn't have a car so he had to walk so coach Simmons talked a lot about that Marquise talked about you know kind of what he kind of learned in that um you know going through that and um kind of how appreciative it makes him of things but the thing is is it um it kind of wires you differently you know coach Wiley has talked a lot in this podcast about how you know they're how you're wired. Guys like Marquise, how they're wired. Well, yeah, it's his speed. Yes, it's his size. But it's also what he's been through to get here. And, you know, again, going back to his work ethic, um, you know, he he learned that, you know, he doesn't want to go back to where he was. He only wants to move forward and he wants to move forward in big ways. So for him, there's no off days. He's literally going to give a thousand percent in every single thing that he does. And so I think This kind of talks a little bit more about um, kind of how he's wired, kind of where it all kind of comes from, how he's motivated, and really just kind of how special that makes him in addition to all of his other attributes. Because
4: he works at it. I mean, for his height and his size, I mean, he's down there with Benny, repping 315, uh, multiple times squatting almost 400 pounds. So, I mean mentality he's not he's not gonna limit himself to say okay well just because I weigh this much I should only do this I mean and it's the same thing you know on the football field I mean if hey we gotta go crack a safety then he ain't thinking about okay that dude's big he's just thinking about hey I gotta go I got a job and I got an assignment to do let me go do it.
5: I mean I just think from his like background and just being around him and just kind of talking and knowing the story I mean this is a tough kid now I mean he is tough and not not physically just the things that he's had to endure and kind of go through I mean it it, it makes you it makes you fight harder it makes you scrap and not leave any stone unturned you know I mean the game of football is important to him and being around his teammates is important and like winning is important and you see all those things based on all the people that have helped him grow up and you know just get to this level and I mean you don't take the hard path and then like relax. You know, like you take the hard path and you realize I'm never going back that way. You know, I'm only gonna get better at every level. So I just think as a, as a young man, he, he understands. I mean, he, he gets it and he, and like, I love watching him. I love working with him because he is going to perform at a high level. Every opportunity that we get, and
1: again, we urge you while you're listening to this. It's a companion to the feature, Soonersports.tv. TV. Give it a watch, Jess, on Marquise Brown, Roddy Anderson, and the archives as well, too. But as we wrap up on Hollywood, Jess, he had a great off season. He and did. I'm an I'm a dork when it comes to the draft, you as you've learned. Yeah. So I was really surprised when I saw Lance Zierling from NFL.com had him as his number one. I think player to watch at the rec- not even the receiver position. I think it was number one overall, wasn't it? Player to watch this season. Regardless, it appears as if not only has he made a great impact in a short amount of time here at Oklahoma, but he's really done a solid job of improving himself. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And, you know, going back to the whole size thing, and maybe that's what maybe people thought, oh, maybe he can't make it in the NFL. But no, he has a list of guys, as you heard earlier, that are in the NFL that he watches film on them diligently. And That's so, awesome. you know, for him, it's like, if they can do it, I can do it. And so I think, obviously, yes, the the speed is something you can't coach, you can't teach, right? Um, you know, the work ethic. But, you know, I think for him, is he did, he realized, like, while his size has never hindered him, he did need to make himself more durable to be able to make it at that next level. And it's about balancing putting on the weight, but still maintaining what makes him so special with that speed. So, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, you know, hearing him talk about the impact that Benny's had you know, on him in in the in the short time that he's been here. Well, and
1: the thing is, it's amazing to hear all the talk uh, from the players about the impact that Benny has made on them. And it, and it appears as if even in his short amount of time here, he's made an incredible impact. But, you know, Marquise Brown, Jess, this is a guy that's got a great opportunity to play on Sundays beyond this season if he wants.
2: And, you know, he, he – on top of maybe a goal of the NFL, it was also um, what you're going to hear him talk about. He hated the way the season ended last year. I mean, yes, you're in the college football playoff, but he talked about – he went back to the Oklahoma State game.
1: Oh, wow. Right? And
2: how big of a day did he have? And he said – I said, what do you take away from that game? And he said, how many plays I left on the field. How much I left on the field. He had, what, 265 yards? Did
1: he see the
4: numbers?
2: (laughs) And he said, when I went back and watched the film with Coach Riley and Coach Simmons – I realized the place that I left out there. It wasn't wow. about what I took away, the numbers I had. It was about the numbers I could have had. And so for him, he was driven by, you know, the things that he knew that he can be better in in the offseason. And so he dedicated his world to football and getting better. And so for him... This is why he had the best offseason he's had in his entire life.
3: Yeah, I feel great. It's like the best I feel. I feel a lot faster, a lot stronger.
2: How do you maintain putting on weight but still maintaining your speed?
3: I don't know. Maybe because I haven't like reached like my weight yet, I guess. So, now, like, when I, I feel like I'm the same way that when I got here, I feel the same way. Coach Wiley, he did a good job with me. It's just getting me stronger, like, stronger than, like, I'm living things that I never thought I would ever. Like, so he just did a good job. And then Coach T with nutrition, I, I just kept, when I went home, that's what really helped me that I, I stayed on course and I did what I was supposed to do. That's the trick. I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the secret. And, and for him,
5: it's just about increasing like lean muscle mass. And so like the fuel that we put in him with what coach Tiff does with him, I mean, it's vital uh, no timing, just making sure he has the right uh, fuel at the right time. Because I mean, he is, he has the highest like metabolism of any human you've ever seen. He. It,
3: you drop it in and it's almost gone, you know? Yeah, this, this, this was the best off season I ever had. Like, I approached this to it each and every day, each hour, Monday through Sunday, you find a way to get better. Some way, like, you're running, you're lifting, you're football, you're watching film. I dedicated my whole life to football this off season, and I feel like it's gonna pay off. Like, I can't end the way we ended last year. There's, you know, like no resistance. There's no coach just telling me what to do,
5: and because this is important to him, it's important to him that he plays at Oklahoma. There's so much like legacy here with great like wide receivers, so he wants to fall in line with those great like wide receivers that have played here, um, with an eye at the next level as well.
1: Wow, incredible story. Jess, anything that we missed, anything else that kind of stood out to you as you put this together on the incredible career, even as as I guess you could say from a year's perspective, as short as it's been here at the University of Oklahoma, but anything that really kind of caught your ear, caught, you, caught your eye as you went through this?
2: Man, I think just kind of some of the big things that I wanted to make sure that I got in this podcast, um, you know, just... Benny Wiley's impression of him and how he loves working with him, and um, how he does anything and everything above and beyond, and takes care of business, and just how special it is to work with Marquise Brown. Him putting him, you know, this the speed talk about putting him in the category with Deion Sanders, and it's then amazing. I, you know, um, hearing Coach Simmons talk about how he knew that he wanted a guy like that in his program, but then hearing Marquise. You know, again, this is a guy you think, oh man, he's he's a, uh, you know, he's really high on himself. He uh, is very happy with what he's doing, but no, he's so humble, so humble, and that's an ongoing theme that you hear from, you know, coaches and players is how humble he is, how much of improvement he felt like. You know, we're we're sitting here talking about him like we were in awe of what he did a year ago. He's everybody's fan favorite this year, he and for him, mad about it. you know, no, I mean, he just felt like he could have done so much better. Wow! And so that's what drove him, and I think that's what you maybe you miss. You don't hear a lot about Marquise Brown is just how absolutely um, bought in he is, and and um, dedicated, humble, um, how hard hard of a worker he is. Um, Everything that you don't see that leads up to what you see on Saturdays.
1: its awesome. All right, you want to tease next week, or are we going to surprise people with next um, week's podcast? Or, uh, well, got I podcast,
2: a yeah. really fun one for those old-school Super nice. fans. Um, anybody ever heard of the Selman Brothers?
1: I have heard of the Selmans, yes.
2: A unique kind of family tie that you will hear from Dewey Selman himself, but wow. um, a tie in t- from Dewey Selman's lineage that played a role in this football team this season. Lincoln Riley's football team in 2018.
1: I love it. Jess, have a great week. We'll see you on game day. All right,
2: excited. Boomer
1: Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. <laughs>